This week, we have a question about using royalties as a form of payment when you buy a business. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So, if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Hey, so this week I've got a question. It comes from a YouTube viewer behind the last. Uh, maybe he's a marathon runner, I don't know. Um, and he was watching the video, What Number Do I, do I Multiply?, and uh, let me read his question. It says, hello, David. Thanks for the video. I was thinking if you can talk about royalty financing like Kevin O'Leary does from Shark Tank. It's where you get a percentage of the sales from the business for an agreed upon amount of time and a small portion of equity. I was wondering if you know what that is and you can talk about it in the future. Thanks again. Thanks for being a viewer behind the last. I'd love to talk about royalty financing. Uh, royalties is... Uh, Basically, when you buy a business or you sell a business and some portion of the money that's being paid for the business is undetermined at that point of transaction, and you're simply tying some stream of payments in the future to the performance of the business. Now, I did make a video a few years ago, and I'll, I forget the title, but I'll go to dig it up and I'll put a link here. And it was basically about paying for a business from future performance, I think might have been the title. But let me give you an example of when this works well and when it doesn't work. Okay. So number one, a typical royalty deal will be when the buyer and seller have a very different idea about what the future prospects of the business are or if some portion of the purchase price should be tied to the future prospects. So a seller, for example, might believe that all the conditions have been set up for the business to have huge growth and huge profitability in the coming years. And so they want a higher price for the business. Whereas the buyer says, you know, that's not proven. Uh, you don't have this track record. I can't pay you that high price because the cash flow isn't there. Right. And so this is like a compromise kind of situation where the buyer might say, well, I'll buy your business. I'll give you a certain amount of money and then I'll give you some piece or fraction of those future performances. And that will compensate you for these prospects that you believe exist. So let's give me, I'll give you an example. Um, and, and this comes out of the world of like inventions and products. So if I invented some new gizmo, and um, you know, I wanted to be paid for it, but I didn't want to actually create a company to manufacture, sell, market, and distribute the gizmo. I might go to a big company and say, hey, look, I invented this thing. Do you want to sell it? And they may want to, but how are they going to pay me? We don't know what the commercial prospects are for the product. So instead of trying to figure out you know, what I should be paid today for what may happen with that product down the road, the company might say, well, we'll manufacture, sell them, distribute them, market them, promote them, and we'll give you a dollar for everyone we sell. That would be an example of a royalty. So they're going to go off. They're going to take on all of the commercial risk. They're going to execute all of that stuff. And it doesn't matter if they end up being profitable or not. Every unit that is sold, I get a dollar. 
right? And so that's a royalty. And I'm sure the word itself is related somehow to kings and queens and, you know, paying a certain amount for trees cut from the king's forest or something of that nature. But if we're going to apply this to a small business transaction, what we can then say is, well, Mr. Seller, if you think things are going to be so great in the future, why don't I just give you a percentage of that performance? So I can give you a, a great story of when I did this actually myself. So it was a pool business and they built swimming pools and it had been around for a long time, but the books weren't in very good condition. Uh, a lot of cash business was being done. Um, all kinds of problems from that nature, which meant due diligence was really tough. And the buyer and seller had a very big, different idea, a vastly differing idea on what this business was worth. And the seller, of course, thought that there was a lot of goodwill in the brand and the name, et cetera. And the buyer was like, you can't really prove that you're even making money at all. And so the way that the deal went down was like this. The buyer on closing day paid an amount of money to the seller which was basically the fair market value for the vehicles, equipment, inventory, and, and stuff like that. So literally the buyer just paid for stuff they received on closing day. But then there was a royalty for a few hundred dollars, I believe, for every swimming pool that the buyer built over the next three seasons. And that represented the goodwill in the name of the company. The fact that people knew the business, that they wanted to call the business, that they wanted to have that company build their pool, this was then reflected in the actual performance. And so if the goodwill existed, if this company really did have a good reputation, then they should be building more pools than if it were a startup, for example. And so that's an example, an actual practical example of how royalties can work in purchasing a business. Now, what is the problem? Well, sometimes you will have an amount of money on closing day. And if the buyer doesn't have all of that money, then maybe they're going to borrow from the bank. The bank may not like the idea of the royalty because it's difficult for a banker to work into a model what the total debt service coverage ratio is or, or what have you if some amount of the purchase price is kind of undetermined. So in the United States, for example, under SBA rules, currently they don't allow this kind of thing. And so there are other ways that you can kind of do it, like having a seller note that has deductions against it if certain performance metrics aren't met. But under SBA rules, those performance metrics usually relate to the actual performance level of the business. So we can't really forecast that we're going to have a 30% growth. They don't really like that either. And so it, it's not a tool for everyone all the time. It depends on what other types of financing you're bringing to bear. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that the royalty doesn't necessarily have to apply to you know, the number of units shipped or the number of things done or the overall total amount of revenue in the business. It can apply simply to growth. So I've also done deals before where a certain purchase price was agreed with a down payment and a seller note and then a royalty on top of that. And the royalty was expressed as a certain percentage of revenue over and above a minimum limit meaning that the royalty only kicked in if certain growth targets were achieved. So in that situation, the seller was claiming that there would be this huge growth in the business because of what was going on in the market and in the industry. And the buyer was like, well, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not going to pay for that. We haven't seen that, that uh, to be demonstrated yet. And so the deal that was worked out was, this is what I'm going to pay for your business based on today. 
And I want you to hold a seller note on that as well. So there was some seller financing there. And then if the business grows beyond this certain point, I will start to give you like one or one and a half percent of revenue beyond that amount every year for a certain number of years. So that was basically, it's a form of leaving equity behind in a contract with the seller. So they still have an interest in the performance of the business. That seller, if they ever meet a potential customer of the business, is certainly going to direct them back to the buyer because they know that if they start to make more sales, it's going to kick in that royalty and uh, it's going to mean more money in the pocket of the business seller, even sometimes several years down the road, depending on what the deal is that they've worked out. So if this kind of thing is interesting to you, um, you should be signing up for Business Buyer Advantage. It's my online course. It's about 13 and a half hours. Um, in Business Buyer Advantage, the original program, there are modules about how you structure different kinds of financing and deals. And then there's a, a new module that was added in 2019 about buying a business in a recession. And that goes even further to talk about variable payment notes and, and other kinds of tools that are royalties and similar to royalties that can be used when we're not certain about what the future holds for a business. And that's really what we're doing when we're talking about anything to do with tying payments to performance. It's a, a disagreement between the buyer and the seller on what the future really holds and whether or not it's provable and demonstrable and, and whether the seller's contribution is really going to be what provides the layup to get those revenues increased in the future. A lot of times buyers don't want to pay for future performance because they feel, hey, I'm the one who's going to be running the business. I'm the one that has to do the work to deliver that performance. So why would I pay you, right? And it's a valid question. Anyway, behind the last, thanks for your question. Anyone else has a question out there they want to submit, put it in the notes, reply to one of my daily emails and, and uh, send me your question or reach out through some other kind of social media. <clears throat> All right. With that, we'll say see you later and uh, I'll talk to you next week. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlist, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.